0: Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we are presenting a Faith for All discussion podcast where random members of Cross of Glory discuss a topic that we find interesting, spiritually uplifting, or generally important. Today's topic of discussion is God and guns. Let's join the discussion.
1: Maybe we take it a step further and actually go and meet others, you know, that are different from us. And we will find at least in the couple of times I've done this, that they aren't all that different from us, that they're very like us. They're, they're a lot like the neighbors who live next door to us. Um, they just don't live that close. And so the more others we get to know, the less they mm-hmm. are others. That's true. The other thing I liked about this article, the, the, uh, the document, was, and you can tell it's written recently because they spend a lot of, a lot of verbiage on consensus building Recognizing that this was an extremely polarizing issue, did, did was I the only one that noticed? It? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely um, noticed that. Yeah. And, it, and it comes on because they're because I also just recently read the one on civic engagement, um, which is they're working on now as a social statement, and that too the, the 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 recognition that we live in an extremely polarized nation, and and we as Christians have an obligation to to find that middle ground. Um, and I particularly like the call to humility and to the extension of grace to people who who disagree with us um, because, because there are, you know, there are reasonable arguments. I don't, I mean, there's not reasonable arguments to unfettered ownership of A15s or whatever they're called. But, but I mean, there are reasonable, there are reasonable, people can take reasonable positions right. on gun ownership, especially in defensive situations. And we really haven't talked about that. But I, I liked the way that, and they do this in most of their statements. Um, they remind us that we could be wrong and we need to approach this with humility and with a whole heck of a lot of grace, mm-hmm. um, which is something I, again, often forget to do. It's not my go-to place, humility and grace.
2: Well, let's talk about that.
1: Humility and
2: grace? No, defensive. <laughs> no, we could talk about that another time, but okay. defensive gun ownership. Okay. Let's. what yeah. do people think about that I mean
3: we've been talking about it talking around it um, I don't own a gun and I don't plan on owning a gun I, I don't I, I I don't believe I need to have a gun and you know I'm I'm afraid of of guns I you know like I said I have friends that own guns I have family members um, uh, Jody's sister and her husband who live out in Missouri rural Missouri I mean they they keep guns sitting on the counter. They don't lock their doors. They don't have to, but they well, they also have a ranch too. So you know, there's a reason why they have a lot of guns. You know, for for you know, defending their cattle and things like that. But you know, I don't I don't begrudge anybody who owns a gun. Um, I think there's two types of gun owners. There's the defensive gun owner, if you will, who wants to protect their home, and I think there's the hunters. You know, people who, who have guns for sport, people who do, uh, you know, trap shooting and things like that, or, or you know, a lot of people, uh, they, they like to go deer hunting once a year. That's a different kind of gun owner in my mind. Well, there are also collectors. And there's collectors right.
4: too, yeah. There, there are people who just like guns out there, right. and, and there's a lot of them.
3: Yeah. What, what, I heard, and again, I don't have any data, <laughs> but I heard there's like 400 million guns in the United States. There's more guns than people. Yeah,
5: right. that is absolutely yeah. true. That was, that was yeah.
3: Oh, it was I? Did, I read. I got through most of it, um, but I, you know, there's. I think that's one of the reasons why this country may never, you know, be taken over by another another country is that they're they're afraid of all the gun owners in this country.
6: But the fear is that we may be taken over over by our own gun owners.
1: Now that's a
4: realistic fear.
6: Yeah,
4: that, and that is a fear that I think about a lot because I think sometimes with. The way things are going politically, if we're back in a s- civil war again, right? There's a lot of people with guns.
6: Yeah, it's a, if there's a civil uprising, there's a problem.
1: Right. I'm a goner.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll go in the first wave. Yeah. Well, me too. Go to the light.
6: Honestly, go to the light.
5: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna like take my gun and go out and start shooting my neighbors. So if that's we what do. it comes down to, I guess it's no. you know, I guess it was my time. Yeah. No.
1: Um, and the, and the, the statement asks about defensive ownership. I mean, they leave that question open. You know, is there, is there a legitimate, uh, can, can, we, can Christians legitimately own guns for defensive purposes? Um, you know, and they send you to the social statement on peace, which has a discussion of just war. And the idea is that there may be some analogy there that in certain situations um, to protect life, you need to take it. Um, and they 'll tell you that those situations should be last resort and very rare and and the key i think is the recognition that that when you have to do that you 're violating that love your neighbor rule and you have to to go into that knowing that mm-hmm. that this is this is this is i'm i 'm part of the brokenness now yeah i'm i 'm affecting brokenness on others and i 'm you know um, but i'm i suppose there are times i i can't i can 't think of a time where i would ever do that to defend myself.
6: Um, Possibly not to defend yourself, but to defend your family, to defend um your church, your community, your you know, the people that you love and um may have no way of defending themselves.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I I, I would like to think that, that there is no situation like that, but
6: right. But, but uh, which
1: But if I don't have one, I don't have to worry about it.
6: But I think that's part of the argument behind um why some people would like to see teachers armed because children cannot defend themselves against a shooter coming in. Again, the thought being these shooters are just rampant and they're walking into every school in the country. Um, But, you know, certainly they're thinking, okay, well, we can't arm the kids because that's silly. The teachers could be responsible and they would, you know, be able to make a critical decision over, do I need to use this or not to save the lives of my Twenty charges or thirty charges.
3: If I if I was a parent of a small child and there was a active shooter in my my child's school, I definitely want a teacher or you security, know, guard. security guard to take action and and take that person out and you know become part of the brokenness, if you will, Dana. But you know that's saving the lives of uh, of innocent children, and so. But that's throwing it on somebody else. Yeah, that's well, true. It
6: is,
2: and <laughs> and it's not right. like teachers don't do anything during the day. Yeah and it's not like teachers need to carry an extra 20 pounds of yeah, metal I, I, on their
6: belt. I'm definitely not advocating yeah. for that. I'm simply explaining I understand where that 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 thought process is, which is simply I need to defend someone who is completely defenseless or a large group of people who are completely defenseless. So
2: but that also comes back to the training. Mhm. And the the other problem with that is If there's guns in the classroom, the kids are going to get a hold of it. Yeah. I don't care what anybody thinks. If a teacher is armed, eventually kids, you know, not every kid in every classroom, but kids will get a hold of that gun.
5: It's also impractical to ask teachers to have that skill set. We're saying we would like you to be a nice, nurturing kindergarten teacher and be ready to shoot to kill on a moment's notice. I mean, it's just insane to think that that especially when you think about that shooting down in Texas. Um,
1: Uvalde.
5: Uvalde, where like 100 police officers fully armed, all stood outside afraid to go in, and yet you're expecting the kindergarten teacher to take out the shooter? I mean, if you can't get your trained police officers to go in and risk their lives, I don't know how we can possibly expect that of children's teachers.
4: Yeah. And I also am not advocating for that, but I will say... Today, as we speak, there are schools where there are armed teachers. It's it's already happening in yeah. some places. Oh, yeah. And I we have yet to hear about a gun accident related to that. So <laughs> I, I think you have to at least keep a, an open mind to what reality is.
2: There actually have been a couple of gun accidents oh, of yeah. armed teachers,
6: yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and again, I don't, um, you know, this is not that discussion whether our teachers should be armed. And it doesn't address uh, Dennis's uh, one uh, comment, which is, you know, let's. what about just a security guard? Just one because uh, that's it's one shooter. So one armed security guard is really what a lot of people are asking for or. You know, looking as a, a compromise from arming the teachers and lots of schools we, have that. Yeah. Armed with bullets or armed oh, with. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Because I, I can't no, nothing around here.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't know. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Um, but again we have gotten back to the mass shootings which are a right. small percentage of of gun deaths mm-hmm. or shootings. Um, and maybe we go maybe we keep going back to that because those are the ones that we hear about. Um, I mean because we oh, don't yeah. we are we don't live in neighborhoods for the most part where where shootings are common. No,
4: but, but we do. We live right here. And we do live in a neighborhood where shootings are happening.
1: Yeah. Oh, happening, but not common. I mean, I don't know what common
4: how you define that, but I think they're certainly becoming more frequent. There, there yeah. was just
3: uh, last month there was an incident in Homer Glen where it was a there's always it was a happens. murder yeah. it was a murder yeah Homer Glen yeah right but I mean the HG it was um it was a, a murder suicide
1: yes yeah. yes yes but but I mean we I'm sure we know people who can't let their kids go out and play outside for fear of stray bullets. Right. I mean, that I don't live in that kind of community. That's the kind of community I'm talking about, where the, the 2%, you know, live, and, mm-hmm. and they really have to worry about, about violence on a daily basis, where they all know somebody who was killed, somebody in their neighborhood who was killed by a gun. This, yeah. this is not, I don't, I mean, I don't live in that neighborhood. Maybe, you know, maybe a little farther east it is, but that's not the neighborhood I live in.
5: Yeah, yeah I would say most of the shootings you hear about are more domestic violence situations. Not that that's... Any better, but domestic violence has been around forever. Yeah. I and mean, that's that's a completely different root cause than drive by shootings and things like that and neighborhood kind of solution for either, to be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> well, that's because it's multifaceted and it's a there are huge problems. You know, and and we always talk about the fact that well guns don't kill people. I mean people do it it's mental health and stuff. But I mean if, if you've got somebody with mental health problems, having access to a gun is not a good thing. If you have people who are prone to domestic violence, having having access to a gun is not a good thing. By, by taking guns away from people who have issues, we're all better off.
6: How do you, how do, you do that?
1: Well, we can't because they can drive over to Indiana. But, I mean, right. stronger, I mean, you know, from 94 to 2004, there was a ban, a national ban on semi-automatic. I mean, it, you know, everybody was in agreement. Now it expired in 2004, and we haven't seen it again, nor will we see it anytime in the near future. But there are certain gun-related precautions and, you know, like you talked about, red flags and stuff, that, that most people in the United States are in agreement on, that we should impose stuff. What have I got here? 88%, this was in 2022. Uh, the, the article was in 2023, but so the the statistics were probably in a year earlier. 88% support universal background checks. 80% support age requirements of 21, which would take care of some of the mass shootings we've talked about recently. Um, 80% support a three-day waiting period, 67% support banning assault-style ty- rep- weapons. Um, just a couple of things. Now, that's not getting weapons off. That's not getting guns out of the hands of everybody. That's not taking them away. There's still going to be hundreds of millions of them around there. But talk about chipping away at things that can, you know, can be done, some place where consensus exists, where it's not an all all or nothing thing, you know, where people are saying you got to get rid of all the guns and other people are saying, you know, I'm standing my ground on my second amendment right and it's just black and white like that um we gotta we gotta find some middle ground we got to take the steps that we can take right now and then and then do the stuff we can do individually and then and then try and help people to be more reasonable i mean mm. we have to, I have to be more reasonable I have to understand where other people are coming from other have we all have to see things in gray you know
5: I think some of it is we just make so many f- fear-based decisions around this and mm-hmm. you know for example people watch the news all day and of course the news is not reporting good things because that's not what people tune in for they tune in to hear about this tragedy and that tragedy and so then people hear this and they think gosh everybody's getting shot in homer Glen. it's a you know it's a hellscape we better buy a gun and so then they buy a gun and so they have a gun, and so then you know, that, and then, you know, not that they intend to do anything bad with it, but a lot of these shootings do end up being somewhat accidental or of opportunity, you know, like, right. you know, something happens, next thing you know, now that gun is involved. And it just goes on and on and on. And so then people get scared. Oh, I've heard there's a shooting in my neighborhood. Maybe I should buy a gun. And like, and then it just go and it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And, and I, you know, my mom will never listen to this podcast. She doesn't know how, so I'll say this, but <laughs> she she wow. watches the news all day long. So and, and, you know, and she'll get worked up about things. And I'll be like, Mom, that's a, you know, like one school in one place that you've never been. Who cares what they're doing? But, you know, she'll get enraged about this thing that they told her to be mad about or this thing that she should be afraid of. And, you know, when you got a lot of time all day and you watch a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that'll mess you up after a while. There's plenty of times where I'm like, I am not watching any of this. I don't want to know. I like I'm going to, you know, live my life. And, that's
6: you know. the stance I've adopted. I stopped watching it all. Just yeah, watching I mean, movies.
5: And not that I stay uninformed, but, you know, you, you do have to have some limits. Yeah. You know, you don't need to watch 10 hours a day of fear-mongering media all yeah. day long. And But I think a lot of people then react to that because if that's all you hear, you think, gosh, am I the only person left without a gun? I better buy one. And then, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So I think there is an element of that as well. Not that the media is trying to get you to buy guns, but that a side effect of some of that can and cause people Absolutely. to be afraid and react in ways that, you know, aren't necessarily
3: healthy. Well, I, you know, I really think this is a this is a very difficult podcast and conversation to have because mm-hmm. there are so many different layers, you know, that we we're talking about here. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I don't think we're going to come out of here with some concrete you know, remedies to these situations. And, um, you know, but I think it's good to talk about and I, th- I think it's good to get some of these issues out on the table and maybe, maybe this podcast sparks some ideas with with people who listen and maybe they've got some something to add to this later on that uh, maybe we haven't
6: even thought about. Yeah. I, uh, Dennis, I think that's a really good point. I, you know, I'm inspired by some of the stuff that you said specifically about, there are certain organizations that you can support and be part of and 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 volunteer for that can help with the situation, can help with um, violence uh, precursors to violence that we can we can address somehow. So it's got me thinking, okay, maybe there's something I could look into after I get out of here.
4: I, I do think one of the things that I truly love about Cross of Glory, and I really don't participate in it in the same way, uh, that many other people do is community involvement, because when you talk about taking care of your neighbors and that, getting to the root causes of that, but I think a church being part of a community and um, being welcoming to people and things that we kind of, this is in our DNA here at Cross of Glory, but I do think those kind of things do make a difference, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I think it's so easy to feel hopeless when you look at the big picture, that you just always have to go back to what are the small things that we can do. And I think being a very visible part of the community as a a church congregation is a huge thing, and it's not just a little thing.
3: Good point. Mm -hmm. Katie, we wanted to talk to you about your uh, lack of community involvement
2: here. (laughs)
1: I'll just
2: go. (laughs) it. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start wrapping it up? The the thing that I'm gonna take from this podcast tonight is the the whole be not afraid. That's uh I think that's kinda of what we need to need to start pushing just from what we're what we've been talking about. It seems like a lot of what what we feel a lot of what's going on is all fear based. Yeah. So maybe as Christians we need to get out there and start pushing that be not afraid. So let's from there, let's go into final words.
6: Um Okay. Uh I, I thought this was uh, discussion was actually really enlightening. I, I really do appreciate what everybody brought to the table. I um, am concerned about things. Personally, I think things like, quote unquote, common sense gun laws can adversely affect people in minority situations, um, disproportionately, I should say, affect people in minority situations. So i I have a few questions about when we talk about, oh, these are things that every American agrees we should do, including background checks and this and that and the other. Uh, I, mean, I have questions about how that would be executed or pulled together. You're looking at me like I, I have don't understand head. your
1: comment that that these, that, that a because, background check would disproportionately. Because impact, uh,
6: rules like that tend to be selectively enforced.
1: Okay. Well, it's not the rule. It's the right. enforcement.
6: Uh, law, yeah. Laws yeah. like that tend to be selectively enforced okay. in different communities in different ways. Well, And that's a, so
1: it's an enforcement issue. Right. Okay.
6: Yeah. And you know, but have a, have an enforcement issue on something that is so critical, well, or s- is such a major deal, yeah.
1: But yeah, but we have lots of enforcement issues that we yeah we need to address.
6: Yeah, but, but I can't yeah, right. a whole
1: yeah, yeah. yeah that's a that's a, a whole, whole different
6: day. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't mean we shouldn't have the rule. It just means it needs to be enforced equally. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Okay.
6: Justice system. I cast
1: <laughs> that's a no. Well, that's the like whole. You know, Todd, I agree with podcast. you. I
3: agree with your comments. I think you know a lot of this. If we, there, I mean, no doubt, there's there's a there's a, a problem with guns in this country, and I, I don't think I, uh, I believe a lot of people don't take gun ownership very seriously, and I think that there's a a portion of people that do take it seriously, and I mm-hmm. I'm going to point to the a lot of police people and a, a lot of people who are, are hunters, I think they're, they try to be responsible gun owners and, and, um, you know, so really some of the stuff we talked about, I think we're, we're kind of talking on some of the fringes of society, you know, these, these, you know, these people who can't cope socially and, you know, maybe some of the, the, you know, disenfranchised people who live in inner cities. I mean, that's, that's, we talk about that or people who have mental health issues too, you know, and, uh, but I think there's those people, the people who are responsible gun owners, they, they don't have a problem doing background checks. They don't have a problem if they have to maybe register their weapons. You know, so I, I think it's, like I said, it's a, a multi layered issue and there's so many different facets to this thing. It's I, I came to this thing going, this was going to be a difficult podcast for me. Did it end yeah. up being a difficult podcast for you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah it did. It did. And I'm not a gun owner and I'm, I I don't begrudge anybody who owns a gun. I'm, you know, I'm not, to me, it's like, you know, do what you want. You know, it's like, if you want to own a gun, great. If, if I don't want to own a gun, don't, don't, you know, look at me. Like, I'm like,
6: why don't you have a gun? I just choose not to do it. And despite how politically opposite you and I are, I have kind of the same viewpoint on that. Okay. So.
1: Okay. But what if you guys were thinking about benefiting the neighbor as opposed to you want to do it? Go ahead. I don't that 's fine it 's an individual choice. What if, what if we think communally is, is, is everybody owning a gun? Good idea for our society as a whole
3: I, I think there was a time and, and maybe you know we 're romanticizing this the old West. everybody did basically own a gun and i, I don 't know, you know nobody kept any any records back then was was crime less because because everybody had one
1: but now now is it is it a good idea if we all own guns? Guns are now the the most frequent killer of small children. Guns account for 50,000 suicides per year. How is how is how is I mean how is it that we can say, well, you want to own one that's fine, I don't want to own one that's fine, um, because it's our personal choice. Mm-hmm. Switch it to a communal. Think about it communally.
5: Okay. I guess it depends on if you're asking us, do we have a practical kind of solution, or what would we do right. if we could wave a magic wand? So... If I could wave a magic wand tomorrow and no one had a gun, except for police and, like, the army and stuff, that's great, you know? Like, I think we'd probably be better off than not. And yet, that's not going to happen. And I'm okay that that's not going to happen. It's not like I'm sitting around lamenting that that didn't happen either. Um, but, but I do think you're right. that you know, To take your point, it is, you know, just saying, well, it's none of my business if my neighbor wants to have 50 guns, does overlook the societal implications of people stockpiling guns in their house. And not mm-hmm. everybody's doing that obviously, but there is, there are certainly, again, having lived in Arizona, there are people stockpiling guns do not think there are not that <laughs> there used to be a truck on the side of the road that I drove by every weekend that sold ammo out of the, out of the truck, you drive by big sign says ammo. Dead. people and people stopped there and bought ammo every weekend. I don't know what any of these people were doing with this ammo, but I just, I never stopped. I just keep mm-hmm. on driving. It's like fireworks. Yeah, it is, except, except ammo. Okay.
6: Well, and you know what, Dennis, Dennis had the, the phrase, you know, um, he said that these people, for the better part, the issues that we have are issues from the fringes of society. But it's still part of society. You're shaking your head no.
1: I don't think these are fringes of the society. I think this is—, this is The
6: issues that we're having or the, just— the,
1: the gun violence and the trauma. That's not, a, it's not right. fringe issues that people are using guns and being victims of violence on the fringes.
5: Well, even well, if you said it's 1 percent— It was actually—in in the article, be, it
6: is 1 percent.
5: Yeah, that right. would be the fringes, but that's still over 3 million people. So it's right. you know like just to scale, it's a lot of people, no matter how you look at it. But yes, is it a small percentage? Of course, but it's way too big of a number. of people.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that might be the number of people that are killed. But I mean, I mean every, I mean you know you're you're thinking of buying a gun because you're worried. So is she impacted by gun violence? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm impacted by violence. Like I said, I've changed. I don't get gas at night even in the gas station right by my house, I don't go into the malls at night. I'm careful about, I'm cautious about what I do. Mm-hmm. I walk my dog in the evening. I'm not going to carry a gun with me, but I'm really glad I know all my neighbors around me and I would feel comfortable going to people's homes, you know? So I think caution is, is it directly, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know where I was going with that train of thought, but- mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I want to love my neighbor, and I think that was my big takeaway from this is when you're like, okay, but your neighbor's not just the person next door to you either, but I I don't want loving, I'm not going to love them enough to make myself vulnerable to them killing me, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's I do draw the line there, and uh, I don't know how much I can do to prevent it. I've never thought I would be a gun owner in my life, but... Where, where culture is right now and where, where things are going, I'm something I'm thinking about very seriously. So this
1: is really challenging to you. I
4: mean, very challenging because,
1: you know, I was one
4: of those people like, don't teach your, don't have your kids play with guns, you know, like play guns. Like you don't, don't put that into your child's life. And uh, But now I'm thinking, is this something that I need? Am I being stupid not to have it actually?
1: Okay. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a...
3: You might need a gun just to walk your dog at night with the uh, with the coyotes out here.
4: <laughs> Luckily, he, he's a big dog. Yeah. That helps. I feel we feel like I'm final. I think yeah. those were our final thoughts. It's those, oh,
1: yeah. we're, we're, I'm, those that was those were your final thoughts? Yeah.
5: yeah.
2: I'm good okay. I was going
1: to okay. say, why don't we go around again for final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going around again? Sure. We'll go um,
6: around again. Well, so let's go with final thoughts, Tad. I think it's a... Um, a challenging and nuanced situation. I think that it can't be quickly uh, resolved with a few simple actions, actions whether they be uh, law changes or whatever. It's systemic and uh, in, inherent to American culture right now. There are four hundred million guns for three hundred million Americans. So, basic math says that we have a problem. Wow, Todd. You know, we we are uh, opposed
3: politically, but I agree with what you what you just said there. Yes. And I'm not just taking the easy way out, because, again, I I as I said earlier, I I felt like this was going to be a difficult podcast because there's, again, it's just there's just so much to it. It's not just one issue, and we can't just can't look at it straight ahead and go, okay, if we tackle it this way, it's going to change, right. You know, there's you, you can go to your right, to your left, up or down, and they're going to find other issues related to what's going on in our society with regards to guns and, and the problem with guns. So it's, um, I think, awareness. And, and maybe we have a follow-up podcast to this. I don't know. Dana just cringed.
1: Mm.
3: No? Okay. All right. <laughs> but, Dana um,
5: doesn't want to talk
3: about this anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll do the next podcast on the Holy Roman Empire or, or something. You know? <laughs> Anyways, but no, I, I it's, um, it, it's. I like getting involved in discussions like this because it makes you think, and I hope that the podcast makes other people think, and and hopefully we can get some takeaways from some other folks that yeah. that help us look in a different direction.
5: Yeah, I think I, I've agreed with every everybody's closing statement so far. Um, I think one thing for me is to kind of focus on those small things you can do in your own community to help. And yeah, that might not change the entire world, but if you start changing that here and that spreads to other places and, you know, it, we can either start now and do small things. And yes, maybe it takes a hundred years to, to change it all, mm-hmm. or we can not do anything now and in a hundred years, exactly the same as we are or even worse. So I think, you know, you kind of have to look at it that, you know, it would be great to think that our, government, our politicians, you know, really wanted to have any particular change, but I think they mostly just want to fight. I'm not really sure anybody wants to have any real change happen. So in lieu of that, then all we can do is impact what we can.
4: And my final final thought, I guess, would be just to um, reach out to your neighbors wherever you find them and look for opportunities to support these organizations that are trying to make a difference because they're there they're doing work, um, and they're making a difference. Mm-hmm.
1: I am really disappointed th- that I feel, and that maybe all of us feel this this hopelessness about the deadlock of our of our political system, because it de- so much of our well being and our neighbors' well being depends on our federal government getting its act together, and for us to say we. We don't think that anything's going to happen mm-hmm. and that we don't see any way forward um, and that we have to focus on, you know, the smaller things that we can do. I think I think focusing on the smaller things that we can do is essential because we have to make progress wherever we can find it. And maybe we need to talk about the, you know, our civic, our faith in our civic life. I don't know. But this idea that we seem to have given up on, on finding a middle ground or making changes effective through our political system is really depressing to me and it's particularly depressing because I have grandchildren and the thought that we as a polity don't feel that we have the ability to influence or make changes uh, in our in our nation and our system is is I mean that's not what I learned in school so I would encourage all of us to to feel more optimism there and to, to get involved in advocacy and ground rules. And maybe it's not this issue. Maybe it's not guns. Maybe we're just too polarized. But to, but to seek to build bridges mm. in, uh, with people who disagree with us. And I mean, that is just so key on so many issues. I mean, our society has become so polarized. And we can't live like that. And our kids can't live like that. And our grandkids can't. So, so I would encourage all of us to rethink and say, m- maybe there is some, some advocacy that we can do. Maybe there is something we can do on a political spectrum.
2: All right, well, thank you all for coming. I am going to put up a uh, link in the show notes for the draft of a social message on gun-related violence and trauma on the ELCA website. Um, I believe the comments are open until the end of January.
1: Yeah, so you got a whole, what, two weeks to read?
2: Yeah, yeah, so uh, you can read it, make comments on the website, and uh, with that, let's close with a prayer.
3: Why are you pointing to me? Because you were the
2: last one here. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll pray us out. All right. Heavenly Father, God, we we thank you for allowing us to gather here today and allowing us to exchange and share ideas on on a very difficult topic that um, really we, we struggle to find a solution for, and sometimes we even struggle to find common ground on. But God, we ask for your guidance, and we ask that you help lead us to uh, take more of a role in advocacy, maybe, and not necessarily on the gun issue, but maybe on other issues where we can get involved and make a change in in our community, Lord. God, we thank you, and we love you, and and we have to realize it all begins and ends with you, Lord. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Hope you enjoyed this discussion and it will help you on your faith journey. Faith for All would like to thank Dennis Tenreculu, Jennifer Berg, Katie Whittle, Jeff Wanderson, Todd Mazira, and Pastor Dana O'Brien for their participation in fantastic insights. And as always, we are grateful to John Yazardo for making us sound good. Come back next week as we continue Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com, where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music, John Yazardo engineered the sound, Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties, and I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.